0: That is the sound of the bell of round number 12, fight number 7. Pacific goes boxing. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Rancho's illegal, though. When in doubt, stick it out. Dudo, dudo, dudo. Pacific goes boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here, of course, with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man?
1: Hey, how's it going, man? You know, just ready to talk boxing.
0: That's right. Round number 12, Rick, which is now considered, right, the final round in the modern era of boxing mm-hmm. when the championship rounds were rounds. I guess now the championship rounds. I'm still not used to that being. Rounds ten, eleven, twelve—the championship rounds, right?
1: Yeah, no, it. Uh, you know, but I guess it's to keep the fighter safe. Um, you know, those extra rounds, you know, to yeah, cause a lot of damage. But um, you know, maybe in some fights we do need those extra rounds.
0: Well, that's the same kind of case that they make though with the women's boxing, right? Mm-hmm. About not extending it to three rim- minutes, right? Yeah. They talk about how studies have been done, and that the female—I don't know if it's that the skull is thinner or something. But uh, but evidently, they've done, you know, the, the analytics show that there's more probability uh-huh. of what happens in that extra minute. But I'll tell you, there's people, including, uh, you know, I was listening to, I think it was Joe Goosen, um, I think on that heavyweight on the Ruiz-Ortiz uh, fight, talking about going back to the 15 rounds, yeah. man.
1: Oh, no. I, th- I think it would make for some uh, interesting endings. Yeah. Um, you know, fighters, you know, it could be fighters pace themselves a little bit better. Yeah. But, um, You know, I think there definitely would be some action.
0: Well, here's the thing, right? There would. And I think that a lot of times, Rick, people will incorrectly say, oh, man, if the fight had gone 15 rounds, Mm -hmm. you see what would have happened, right? Exactly what you said. I'll give you an example, okay? Um, Alexis Arguello beating Boom Boom Mancini, okay? Mm -hmm. Knocking him out in the later rounds. Boom Boom Mancini always says, if we were fighting 12-round fights, I would have beaten Arguello, right? Mm -hmm. Do you seriously think... That Arguello would have let him beat him if it was only 12 rounds. Yeah. No. Okay, Arguello's game plan would have changed, right? Mm-hmm. Drastically. He carried him. That was Arguello's deal. He was in excellent shape. So I think when it's a factor is when, like, a fighter who's ahead on points, Rick, gets buzzed and is hurt at round 12, right? Yeah. Those we can say, you know what, if that goes another three rounds, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you one that sticks out to me. Um, Junior. Mm-hmm. Julius Cesar Chavez Jr. against Sergio Martinez. Yeah. Right? Way down on points, right? But mounts that flurry in round 12, right? Yeah. So that's one that you could say, if it goes another three rounds, it didn't matter what Martinez would have trained for. Uh, Junior was coming on strong. Yeah. But there's other fights where, yeah, if both opponents know it's going to 15, they're going to fight different.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. And I, I think with the, even with the odd... Number of rounds, yeah. I think it makes for less draws that way,
0: yeah. That's a good yeah. point. No, that's a good, that's a very good point as well. Um, doesn't mean the judging is going to get any no. better, right? It just no. gives them three more rounds yeah. for of horribleness. But, anyways, um, I don't think you're going to see 15 round fights anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's looked at just as we look at the you know the hundred round fights, right? Of yeah. you know, of John L. Sullivan, right? <laughs> Jim Corbett, Jim Jeffries, I should say, and Jack Johnson, right? We look at those and say, "Geez, you know that what what were they doing?" So, but here we are, Rick, in round number twelve. Um, finally, we got some uh, a lot of fights coming up this weekend mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about. The big grudge match over in the UK, Rick. Of course, Chris Eubank Jr. against Conor Ben.
1: Yeah, really looking forward to that one. You know, a um, lot of bad blood, and you know. I think it's going to make for a good fight.
0: Yeah. See, that's one of those fights, Rick, that goes to show you that there doesn't have to be a title on the line mm-hmm. for it to be an intriguing fight and a fight that draws interest. That's a fight, Rick, that's got something more important on the line, Rick. Uh-huh. Legacy and family pride, Rick. Yeah. That's what's on the line there. Of course, um, you know, Chris Eubanks Jr.'s dad, senior, beats Nigel Ben. Knocks him out in round nine, and that's in 1990. And then 93, they fight to a split draw. So the young Conor Ben looking to avenge his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, have the complete breakdown of that. I'll tell you what I've been enjoying through all this, Rick, is the commentary by uh, Eubanks Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like listening to – I've read so <laughs> many articles. I love the guy. I love the guy. And I told you in the Olympic auditorium – okay, I'll, I'll, I'll. here's one – Back in the days, right when Ronnie Roddy Piper and Victor Rivera, the Hangman, and these guys used to wrestle there under the Giant, I told you there was a loser leaves town, right? Mm-hmm. So if they lost, they left town. So <laughs> Eubanks Jr. is saying he loses this fight, he's retiring.
1: Yeah, you know, I, right. I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think he will. I yeah. think he's still, you know, he's thirty three years old. Yeah, um, I think he's just posturing for the fight.
0: Yeah, and by the way, it was cool because so Ronnie Roddy Piper would lose, mm-hmm. and then the next week they would be like a masked wrestler. Yeah. We all knew who it was, uh-huh. right? But he would play it off because he had the same exact moves as Roddy Roddy Piper, by the way, <laughs> the finger poke with the eyes, uh-huh. you know. But anyways, Sleeper I digress. Holds, I think he, yeah, finishing move. Yeah, he. By the way, he wasn't really much of a technical wrestler. No, right? Yeah, he right. he he was more. He was great behind the mic, and he just had an aura. But so so we got that fight coming up. Mm-hmm. We got the uh, the Tar Inferno and a sister. Yeah. Or back in action locally. Should be a good
1: card over there at the uh, Dignity Health Sports Center.
0: That's actually a really good card. Yeah, because you got like two championship fights on that card, right? Mm-hmm. Even though he's the main event.
1: Yeah, uh, Carlos Adamas is on the on the undercard as well.
0: Yeah, Carlos Adamas is one that lost to uh, to Shara, mm-hmm. right? So now they're fighting for the coveted. I think it's the WBA interim, right? Yeah, is it 154 or whatever whatever he's at. Um, so yeah, we got some, we got some decent cards coming up. I know we got a lot of stuff in the boxing news, mm-hmm. right? Money in the boxing news. Yeah. So we're going to cover, we got the, definitely want to get to the, like I said, the Eubanks Jr. and the Conor Ben. That's, I don't want to say it's the best fight, but it's certainly the most, um, intriguing. I hope it turns out to be as entertaining, Rick, as, yeah. um, as it's being billed to be. And I, and I'll tell you what, the fact that they are both coming from different weights is what adds to the intrigue.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, you got Conor Ben coming up from uh, welterweight and uh, Eubank Jr. coming down from middleweight. So, um, you know, it be interesting to see, you know, if Eubank, for one, can make weight. Yeah. And then, you know, how Conor Ben does with adding it.
0: Yep. It's 157 pounds. That's yeah. the catch weight. I, I okay. think we had said, or I had uh, incorrectly said 155, but it's 157. Okay. That's why the dad had so much consternation and wanted to call the whole fight off. Except one thing, Rick, he has absolutely nothing legally binding that he can call a fight off yeah. other than caring for his son. Mm-hmm. So going to talk about that. We're going to get to some of my favorite quotes from uh, Chris Eubanks Jr., which there's been quite a few. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to pick a winner for that fight. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something, Rick. There's a fight that took place in the 90s right around where uh, you know where Nigel Benn and Eubanks were fighting that reminds me of this fight, okay. which is the reason why I am going with who I'm going to go with,
1: Okay.
0: which, of course, I'll reveal after this, yeah. right? And then we're going to take a quick scan, Rick, on all the divisions. We did this about three or four months ago, but, you know, what's left? What are the fights we want to see at each division? In some cases, we've actually gotten some of them, so we're going to do a flyby on maybe what are considered some of the key divisions. Okay. Okay. We are in round number 12, Rick, and we always talk about a fight that resonates for us in round 12. And I pulled this one, Rick. This is a current one, mm-hmm. okay? We didn't have to look very far back, right? You think round 12, you think, well, was it a 15-round fight? Now, this was a 12-round fight that ended, um, this was in 2022, earlier this year, Rick, that ended in in dramatic, but I would say devastating fashion, Rick, and yeah. that was Lee Wood literally knocking Michael Conlon out of the ring, Rick, round twelve. That was March twelfth of this year.
1: Yeah, and and this was a fight where um, Conlon was ahead on all on all the uh, cards. Yeah. Um, so going into that last round, you know, Wood was able to knock him out with uh, one twenty five. You know, left in the round.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, scary, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it reminded everybody of. Uh, there's a picture behind me here, Rick, of when Jack Dempsey was knocked out of the ring against Louis Firpo. Um, and, and they changed the rules after that because the reporters actually helped Dempsey back in and that's not allowed anymore. Yeah. So technically in these days, Jack Dempsey would have been knocked out. Wasn't the case for Michael Collin, and Rick, uh, not only did he not have the press help him, but he didn't need it. Yeah. He needed help basically with them calling an ambulance because he was out yeah. and it was scary, yeah. right? It was, it wasn't, I mean, it was a dramatic ending and then it went from dramatic and exciting to, um, you know very um, very unfortunate uh-huh. how it ended. That being said, Rick, that was um, really quite the ending of a fight, man. Around You don't see those too often.
1: Yeah, not very often. I think uh, it reminds me of the Bernard Hopkins-Joe um, Smith Jr. fight. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right.
0: Yeah, going out of the ring, you mean? Uh-huh. When he literally sent him out of the ring. Yeah. Right? Um, although Hopkins said that he could have returned, mm-hmm. that uh, he sprained an ankle. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And then we saw that Replay over and over. His ankle never even hit the ground. No, never hit the ground. Yeah, but yeah. it's something about his ankle being twisted, and he he, <laughs> he tried carrying that for yeah a little bit, and it was like, come on, man, you picked the wrong opponent. Yeah, right, and that and that's kind of what happened. But anyways, good fight, Michael Collin, Of course, he came back. Right, he came back uh, just a month ago and beat uh, Miguel Mariega mm-hmm. to get back. And I think he needed that. Right.
1: Yeah, and um, you know it's kind of surprising Lee Wood hasn't fought since that fight.
0: No, yeah. he hasn't. Yeah. And I know you got an update, right, yeah. um, on who Lee Wood is going to fight. It seems like it's a new opponent. A new, new opponent. Every week. Yeah. Um, you know, that 126-pound division, it's a good one. It's a live one, and there's plenty of fights. It sounds like he's going to fight the guy um, who I would have preferred to him to mm-hmm. fight.
1: No, oh, yeah. Um, Leo Santa Cruz, you know, um, yep. it should be a great fight. The WBA, you know, they've ordered it once again. Um, a lot of fights have fallen out. You know, Wood withdrew. Yeah. Um because he had a torn bicep that he suffered in sparring against uh he was going to fight Mauricio Lara. Yeah. And so now we're, you know, now we're just waiting to see yeah. when when the Santa Cruz fight can happen.
0: Yep, and we'll get into that um in a little bit on the boxing yep. news because I've got some uh, I got some questions for you on that mm-hmm. and then what happens to the other 126 pounders? Yeah. You know, mainly Mauricio Lara yeah. who's he was just kind of sitting there right like waiting <laughs> for his opportunity after he blasts Josh Warrington. All right, folks. um, We will come back. We will cover the fights again that are coming up. Can't wait to get into the Eubanks, uh, Connor Ben. Get into the Fundura card, and then get into all the boxing news. And then take a quick flyby over the boxing divisions. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. Of boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Um, all right, Rick, so I'm excited to get into the fights that are taking place this weekend. So let's have at it, Rick. I think you wanted to start off with the local fights first. So let's do it.
1: Yeah, so we'll start with uh, Carson, California, uh, Sebastian Fandora versus Carlos Ocampo for Fandora's WBC interim junior weight title.
0: Yeah, so if you're asking yourself, Rick, uh, first of all, right? Good, Fundura was extremely impressive in his basically demolishing Erickson Lubin, mm-hmm. right? Who at one point was considered a rising star, even though he got knocked out in one round by the 154 pound Charlo. Fundura polishes him off. So this is a big statement fight for Fundura, right? To put himself in line to basically make a statement to fight, um, to fight Charlo. Yeah, right. But, um, his opponent, by the way, in record, 34 and one, Rick, sounds pretty impressive, right? Yeah, that one does. loss this is again this is going to even add to the impressiveness, Rick, his one loss to the Earl Spence Jr. back in 2018, Rick okay, he was 22 and0 before that first loss. by the way, guy has a place close to our heart. he's from Ensenada, Rick,
1: yeah, a yeah, good good place to go down there and eat. Uh, fish tacos, visit, yeah. the Bufadora.
0: Yeah. Carnitas, Michoacan, Rosarito, all his fights have been in TJ Ensenada mm-hmm. until he got tapped on the shoulder to say, hey, would you like to go fight the best welterweight on the planet? And he gets blasted in round number one, Rick. Yeah. Okay, so there's his one loss. After that, he reeled off 12 fights in a row, Rick, against... Some opponents that you would have to take a look at in boxing, Rec. Yeah, okay. I, w- I
1: would have to, uh, you know, okay. do some deep research to find these guys.
0: Well, and by the way, a lot of these. Well, actually, okay, the one before. So the he did fight again. He fought at the Honda Center. He mm-hmm. knocked out his opponent Vicente Martin Rodriguez, um, and he was in Canada. Otherwise, most of his fights back in TJ. Anyways, Rick, he's going to be in there against Sebastian Frondura. What does all that mean? I think he's going to get blasted again, Rick.
1: No, yeah, he definitely. Uh, I I feel like he's going to get knocked out. Um, the Towering Inferno at uh, six foot five. Yep. You know, I think um, he wins this one definitely by knockout, and I I'll go ahead and make it the lock of the week.
0: The lock of the week, Rick. There yeah. you go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Any extra action you want to you want to add to that, Rick?
1: Well, well you know, uh, his sister uh, also <laughs> fights on the card. Gonna go ahead and parlay it, you know, yeah. Both Fonduras, yeah, you know, w- win, win their fights, yeah. And Fandora uh, Gabriella Fendura is fighting, uh, the ever impressive TBA.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, those are dangerous, yeah. those are dangerous. I think this is the first time, Rick, that you've actually paired that you've parlayed two fighters, uh-huh. very fitting that it's brother and sister, yeah, you know, that could right. be,
1: yeah, first time,
0: yeah. Um, so we've got other fights on that card, uh-huh. right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good stack card, we've it got, is. Uh, Carlos Adames versus uh, Juan Maciel, or Juan Macias Montiel. Yep. And for the vacant WBC interim middleweight title.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's um. So Carlos Adames, right? He's the one that lost to Teshera, right? Mm-hmm. Who lost to Charlo. Um. This is just another version of the WBC belt that's completely meaningless. Yeah.
1: No, for sure. Um. Also another title fight, we've got Fernando Martinez versus Jerwin Ancajas for yeah. uh Martinez's IBF junior bantamweight title.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, man, um we couldn't make the fights there this Saturday, but I wish we could because that's one of the better venues to watch a boxing match, yeah, right? No,
1: yeah, it's a it's a it's a tennis uh, stadium. So, yeah. you know, uh real intimate. Uh, you know, it's outside, you know, other than the twenty dollar beers. Yeah you know it's a it's a good spot to uh watch a fight.
0: Yeah, we probably should do that in one of our podcasts is talk about at least the venues that we're familiar with mm-hmm. here in Southern California. Yeah. Soon we'll be venturing out more out in the world. Yeah. But here in SoCal like you can make a case for the Dignity Health Sports Center probably being one of the best places to watch a fight just from the uh, the vantage point that yeah. there's no bad seat.
1: Yeah, no, uh, for sure, you know, I think uh there and you know, we would have to rank them, but the Fantasy Springs is up there as well.
0: Fantasy Springs is good, yeah. the Pechanga's a great place. Yeah, I'll tell you which one I like too, Rick, and maybe some of the nostalgia because of Ali and Ken Norton the uh, The San Diego Sports Arena. Okay, yeah, that one's not a bad one either.
1: No, no, and, and not very big, you know, it's no. kind of uh, you know, not a bad seat there either.
0: No, no, they don't. Now, don't get me wrong, right? None of these compare to the Olympic Auditorium. Mm-hmm. Right, the Olympic Auditorium, yeah. everything was right there. Yeah. Okay. But all right, Rick. What else we got?
1: Uh, we've also got the fights out in London. Yeah. On the zone, the big one: Chris Eubank Jr., Connor Ben, Junior Middleweights.
0: This is it, Rick. This is the mm-hmm. fight, right? The uh, that we've been waiting for. We talked about in the opening segment, right? No championship on the line, Rick. No championship has to be on the line when you are avenging the loss of your father, Rick. Mm-hmm. Right? Both of their dads fought back in 1990. Uh, Connor, where have you been? Got knocked out ninth round, and then the rematch three years later, 1993. So you're talking like almost 29 years of the day. Yeah, they're gonna fight. Um, Connor Ben um, looking to avenge the uh, the loss of his father Nigel Ben Rick. This is at the what is it? The O2 Arena in London, mm-hmm. right? Again, no title on the line, but family family legacy on the line, Rick. Let me give you the quick tail of the tape, Rick. Because yeah. the tail of the tape, I think, in this case, is going to be very impactful. So Connor Ben, 21 and 0, 14 knockouts. Mm-hmm. Both of them about 67% knockout, by the yeah. way, Rick. Right? Here's the difference. Um, Connor Ben, 26 year old and 5'8. Okay. Um, this is where Eubanks has the advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly, he has the he has the advantage here. Older, 34, right? I think he's fought like 129 more rounds, 5'11", 72-inch reach, 67% knockout, right? So when you're talking about the physical attributes, big advantage to Chris Eubank Jr., taller, longer reach. However, Rick, they're fighting at 157 pounds, right? And Eubanks, according to Chris Eubank Jr., he hasn't been 157, Rick, since he was 18 years old.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, he definitely, you know, he's fought a lot at middleweight, um, even has had some fights at uh, super middleweight. Yep, So that's right. You know, this is uh, you know eleven pounds under the the super middleweight uh, weight limit, and so it'll be interesting to see first if he can make it. Yeah, and you know, how effective he'll be at that at that weight.
0: Rick, he's never fought right at mm-hmm. less than I think there was a fight, and I'm going to have to look at the archives. I think back in 2014 he came in at 158 and a quarter. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, he's never weighed less than that. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of consternation, certainly from his father. His father was trying to pull the plug on this fight because he thinks that it's dangerous. He was actually trying to get the you know sanctioning bodies to pull it, right? Yep. There is actually some uh, rehydrating rules, Rick, that nobody seems to understand what they are. But there's some rehydrating rules that is trying to limit right how, um, how Eubanks Jr. is going to somehow make weight and mm-hmm. then rehydrate himself right um studies right there's been studies shown that some of the more serious injuries in boxing have occurred when a fighter has to cut this much weight Mm -hmm. okay again it's at 157 right connor ben of course is moving up you could say two weight divisions from 147 all the way up to 157 yeah but you would say advantage to connor ben
1: no yeah because he he's going to be the uh more hydrated more uh healthy uh fighter in the ring
0: now here's the thing though rick okay this is where it gets fun because according to Chris Eubanks Jr., he said this is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it means that he is going to be coming into the fight, Rick, at sixty okay. percent. Okay. He said if he would be coming in at a hundred percent, it would be a public execution. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I love the guy in his quotes, Rick. Yeah. He said that he is going to go in there and liquefy him, Rick.
1: Yeah. Uh, He's trying I don't to even know if it's figure as, out how that would even look. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know if it's as easy as that. You know, Conor Ben is a pretty good fighter, um, and you know has been in there with some, uh, you know, pretty decent opposition. So I don't think it's decent gonna...
0: journeyman opposition, yeah. Rick. I mean, if you're saying Chris Algieri, yeah, is well, decent opposition. Well, I think right?
1: you had Algieri winning that fight.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. had Algeri
1: winning I that fight. I don't sure. think so. I told you. I told think you, so. I told I don't you think he was so. going to knock him out him.
0: I didn't say that. He, I don't. Early. We'll have to go back, Rick. Right? Yeah. I don't believe I took Chris Algeri. I, I will take Chris Algeri as <laughs> a uh, as a cook, yeah. right? Because he was like the health cook for Daniel the Miracle Man Jacobs. Yeah. Right. The, so yeah, I would take him as a nutritionist.
1: Nutritionist. Okay. I did
0: not. I would not take him as a fighter okay. over a Conor Ben. But okay, I'll, I'll have to go back. Yeah. But um so here's the thing right so from a records perspective I'm going to say that Chris Eubanks Jr he's almost underperformed uh-huh. right because if you look at uh, look at, look at some of his losses Rick, he's lost um he lost to Billy Joe Saunders split decision yeah split decision close. yeah he lost he lost to Billy Joe Saunders mm-hmm. and then he uh well he lost to him uh and then he loses to George Groves yeah right in 2018 so it almost seems like when, although he you know, he did beat Arthur Abraham, although that's eh, kind of an older Arthur Abraham, mm-hmm. right? He beat Avni Elydrum, Rick. Yeah, the, the tough, al- the Elidrum. always tough, yeah, yeah, the always tough Elydrum. So, you know, not exactly a who's who on the mm-hmm. dossier of Chris Eubanks Jr., Rick.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, no, it uh, it definitely makes for an interesting fight. You know, you want to see, um, you know, if. It's easier for Conor Ben because yeah. he's got really nothing to lose. You know, he's he's if yeah. he loses, he lost to a bigger guy. He can still drop back down to welterweight, yeah, and uh, he'll be fine. You know, in, in the mix there at welterweight, yeah. Who, who Chris Eubank looks bad if if yeah. he loses his fight.
0: Well, and he will, by the way. Uh, uh meaning uh, Conor Ben, he will yeah. go back down to welterweight. He's yeah. even said it. Hey, this is just a one-off, right? Mm-hmm. And from the moment that Conor Ben decided to start fighting, these two guys were on a collision course yeah. because of the history with their parents, right? Speaking of the dad, Rick, so normally, okay, so Chris Eubanks Jr. over the last four to five fights was being trained by none other than your guy. He's not getting up, Jim, by Roy Jones Jr. was training him, right? His dad had also trained Chris Eubanks Jr., Mm -hmm. okay? Um, Based on what I said about his dad doesn't even want the fight to take place, his dad will not be in the corner, Rick. So the question was: So then, who's going to train Chris Eubanks Jr.? Right? Because yeah. he wanted all the nostalgia. So, according to what I'm reading, right? Yeah. He's training himself. Okay. You know, I mean, he may the... have advisors. Yeah.
1: So you know, who who throws in the towel then?
0: Well, so does that mean Rick at the end of each round he's going to talk to himself? Yeah. Could could be <laughs> his own cut man with the mirror and. Uh... Yeah, that I don't get. So all that does, Rick. Is add more intrigue, right? My opinion, it also gives him more excuses. Yeah. If it doesn't go his way, because he's gonna say, hey, I didn't have my dad at, you know, in the corner. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I should have stuck with Roy Jones. I don't know, right? We'll see who shows up yeah. on Saturday. Okay. So again, so some pretty, pretty interesting things all surrounding that fight. I'm gonna tell you the other thing, right, that Eubanks Jr. is saying is that he's gonna crumble under the pressure, Rick. It's yeah. too big a, you know, to too too big an event, right? He's not ready for this. Mm -hmm. All right, Rick. As far as what the, what, what, what value we say Vegas, but what the betting odds, Uh the betting odds are in alignment with Chris Eubanks Jr., Rick. They have him favored at minus 200. Not Mm -hmm. huge, but he's favored. Connor Ben at plus 152. So you got to bet 100. You bet $152. No, you bet $100.
1: $100, get
0: And you get 152. Okay. Um, you got to bet $200 to make 100 mm-hmm. with Chris Eubank Jr., okay? It reminds me, Rick, of a fight that took place in the same era that their dads fought, which was Terry Norris and Sugar Ray Leonard, Rick. okay, This was a big fight, and this was like a young Terry Norris that was kind of coming up, making his way. And he was fighting, of course, kind of an older Ray Leonard, of course, at the Madison Square Garden. And Ray Leonard was saying the same thing, mm-hmm. right, that this event is going to be too big for Terry Norris. Ray Leonard, by the way, this is how much I remember. He had a cool robe because they had, like, flames at the end of his white robe. Uh-huh. But Ray Leonard was trying to psych him out, saying that it's going to be too big. It's too much. The kid's never been in this sort of event. Guess what happened in that fight, Rick? Norris blasted him, yeah. Rick. Blasted him for a unanimous decision in 12 rounds, okay? Leonard went down in round two and round seven. Was never really hurt, okay? Mm-hmm. But he pretty much was, was demolished, okay? Yeah. Why am I saying that, Rick? Because I'm telling you who I'm picking for this fight, Rick. It's going to be Conor Ben in a very similar result of what happened between Terry Norris and Sugar Ray Leonard. It's going to be Conor Ben in a unanimous decision, Rick.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm going to have to agree. I I think the younger, I think the younger wow. Conor Ben, um, you know, he's going to be faster, a little bit more slick. Um, if if this goes to a decision, Conor Ben for sure gets the decision. I believe unanimous as well.
0: Well, remember Rick and Eubanks Jr. Is saying, I lose, I mm-hmm. retire.
1: And and that's the, the other thing. I was looking at Ubanks resume and uh you know, since that Euledrum fight. Yeah. Um back in October of two thousand seventeen. Yeah. He's only had one knockout right since over yep. Yep. Matt Korobov. Yeah. You know exactly. And, you know, exactly. You know, it uh, a couple other guys, you know, Liam Williams we've heard of, you know. And that was a unanimous decision. But um, the rest of the guys, you know, I don't know who they are.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. See, so neither one of them, right? They're both right-handed fighters. I should have said orthodox, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of fighter, boxer punchers, right? Um, Neither one of them, right, has that one-punch knockout. So that's what I'm saying. I believe that, and here's the reasons why, right? I should at least state why, is I think that it is a challenge for a fighter who has never fought, Okay. Below 160, mm-hmm. although I told you he weighed in at 158 and a half to, f- to make weight for 157, that's a lot. Yeah, so I think competitive advantage just from a physical attribute perspective is Connor Ben. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, right? Connor Ben, I think it's going to be easier, he doesn't have to make weight at 147. And by the way, he doesn't have to come in at 157, no. he just can't exceed 157. So, who's to say he doesn't come in right and weigh in at 155? and then bulk up to 160, 165, yeah. whatever. It's a lot more comfortable, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that ultimately... Another one that it's reminiscent of, Rick, is uh, De La Hoya and Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, When De La Hoya came all the way down, right, and just like completely oh. killed himself yeah. to make 147, which was ridiculous. He even went, what, 145? I
1: think he went up 144. Yeah, yeah. That See, one. that was yeah.
0: that was just ridiculous. And this is because it's supposedly, right, they're saying that Chris Eubanks Jr. is out you know, eating cheeseburgers and having a good time. Mm -hmm. If he makes weight, Rick, that's why I favor Conor Ben. Yeah. That that weight's going to be a factor. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to come back and say, hey, I'm still going to fight because I lost at a weight that wasn't mine. Um, Eddie Hearn is saying that this could draw over a million buys, Rick.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it does that, but... um...
0: Well, by the way, some of the numbers that he gave on the Canelo fight, what he didn't say when he said there was a million buys... He was including um, existing subscribers, okay, right, and then people who bought it, right. So that's kind of kind of misleading. Yeah, that's why the the five hundred thousand and the million were kind of in question. So, what time is this fight, Rick? Because it's in the UK. Mm -hmm. What time is it locally here in the US?
1: Um, I'll look that up.
0: All right, got to let everybody know what time to watch it because I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, um, more than likely I'm going to be out in some football field Saturday, so I'm going to have to bring my phone and stream that onto Zone. So, I mean, we know the Fandora fight is probably going to be somewhere about seven eight seven p.m. Seven
1: o'clock, yeah. The Showtime fights are always there. Uh, yeah. So seven. that one's
0: not going to be a problem. This is the one that we're going to have to plan for.
1: Yeah. Um, so the main event is supposed to be five p.m. Eastern time. So about 2, two p.m. O'clock. Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, event. right at right in the middle yeah. of a, <laughs> right of a, in the middle of the game of
0: a game. I'm going to be at. Wow. All right, folks. There you go. Who cares who's on the undercard? Although there are mm. some good fights on the other card, right? I think the Maloney brothers are fighting, aren't they? Uh,
1: no, they, they, that's a different card. That's next week. Yeah, that's next, that's week. next week. Yeah, that's yeah. on the Combosas. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I, this card does not definitely doesn't look as good as the other.
0: Doesn't need it, Rick. Yeah. It's got that fight. I will tell you what, man, the atmosphere is going to be great. Um, I just I hope it lives up to the billing because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. The Terry Norris and Sugar Ray Leonard did not. Yeah, it was very uncompetitive. Right. And, you know, no spring chicken, uh, Eubanks Jr., 33, Leonard was much older. Anyways, all right, let's take a break, Rick, come back. We still got the boxing news. We're going to do a quick flyby over some boxing divisions, it goes Boxing. We'll be right back. It goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado are back. I think that's probably the most we've broken down a fight from two Brits, Rick, from yeah. two guys from the UK.
1: No, yeah. And uh, well deserved. You know, I think there's a lot yep. of history in this one. And uh, you know, a, a good grudge match for this weekend.
0: Yep. Well, I subscribe, Rick, to the boxing news. Yeah. And it's really interesting mm-hmm. because uh it's definitely an international publication yeah. because I usually get it like two weeks after now, but I did (laughs) get this one. I did get my September 22 issue, which is the, the, the latest. Mm -hmm. I even got an email that my magazines may be a little bit late because the, um, the mail carrier folks are, are striking over there. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a really good, uh, magazine because it breaks down everything that goes on over there, the Commonwealth titles. Mm -hmm. And then it also covers us boxing. It's got some good stories. I love it. Yeah. That's how I keep up with the UK fight scene, Rick. And we have folks that listen to this, uh-huh. to our show over there. We love you guys. On my bucket list, Rick, before I'm done with this ride on this planet, I got to make it over there and watch mm-hmm. a fight, man.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And golf. Yeah. Um, and maybe
0: okay. an adult beverage or two. Yeah. <laughs>
1: or three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll start. There. there was a little bit of boxing this past weekend, but we'll – covered uh Luis uh, Pantera Neri. Yeah. He um knocked out David um Carmona. Yeah. In 3 rounds at the uh at the bowl Ring right there in uh, Tijuana. That's
0: what I was going to say. That yeah. that was the highlight of that fight. I got to tell you, Rick. Yeah. Um if the stars could align, I would mm-hmm. have loved to have gone back to that again.
1: Oh, definitely. You know, it would have been it would have been great. The snacks. Um yeah, you know, the taco food. spot after.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Definitely yeah. definitely the next time it's at that bull ring, you know, we're gonna have to make it back.
0: Although I'll tell you, Rick, this weekend uh I went to go visit my dad, my parents in LA mm-hmm. and I went to um a really good taco place there um on Olympic. Okay. Right there, right by Southgate. Well, you know where I went. Yeah. I went to go look for uh, Mariscos Jaliscos, the place that Ruben Torres told us about. Oh, okay. I went to go find that place. And did you find it? Yeah, we found it. Oh, okay. But then um my daughters wanted to eat tacos. Oh, okay. So yeah. we decided to eat some tacos, but I did find the place. It's right outside the South Gate. Look good. Okay, but the, the tacos we got, the tacos de la yeah. cabeza, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> not you can't, you can't beat it, man. Nine tacos and a drink for twenty two bucks.
1: Yeah. Um, the co-feature of that card uh, was also um, Jackie Nava, yeah. who um, was going to retire after this fight. She's forty two years old. Oh yeah, and unanimous decision victory over uh, Gloria Young. Kaquero. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, good to see her um, uh-huh. you know, go out with with the victory. Yep. Um, the boxing news. So we have um, you know, it looks like the uh Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury fight, you know, it's dead. Um, it looks like um, Was it ever alive, you know? Yeah, you know, there was he they set a couple of deadlines and neither one were met. Um so it looks like Tyson Fury's moving on. Yeah. Now it's looking like um it could be, let's see. Um, there Ruiz was a list of Chisora, yeah, Ruiz right. Chisora. Yeah, Chisora supposedly got a new contract sent to him. Yeah. Um. So that he's the front runner. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Which and it's a fight nobody wants to see. Yeah. Right. Higrovic. We, we want to see Tyson Fury. Yeah. You know against um, Usyk, and if not Usyk, then then Joshua. Yeah. You know we don't need to see these other guys.
0: No, no. I mean, again, in the heavyweight division, I talked earlier about doing a, a quick flyby. Yeah. In the heavyweight division, there's one fight we want to see, mm-hmm. and that is Fury and Usec. Yeah, Simply to unify that, give us back to Jack Dempsey, give us the Joe Lewis, give, give us the Sonny Liston, give us to mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali, Rick, once there was Giants, give us that era again. Yeah, that's all we want to see. That's what we want. Yeah, we all we don't need to see Wilder. Wilder, by the way, still bickering about his second loss to Fury. Yeah, about that there was you know foul play taking place. Ugh. He was he was interviewed and he was saying that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the only fight we want to see in the heavyweight division from the championship perspective. Mm. Intriguing fights. Hey, we'll take Ruiz Wilder, but Fury. Yeah, we don't we don't need to see him fighting.
1: There. Yeah, no. Um, another fight that looks like it might not be happening: uh, yeah. Terence Crawford, Earl Spence. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like, you know, of course they're haggling over money right now. Um, Terrence Crawford, I guess in the contract there's nothing about guaranteed money that it's all kind of uh incentive based, you know, on how many yeah. pay per view buys.
0: Yeah. Well, we talked about it yeah. last week, Rick, right? I said that the issue is always money. Yeah. Right. That's what it is. And I and I'll tell you, they're not gonna get a lot of um empathy, right? From from us fight fans, no, because what's he bickering about? You know, twenty million over twenty-five million, yeah, right. Twenty-five over thirty million. I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah, right.
1: It's it's the fight that needs to happen, and you know, they're they're just not finding a way to to get it done.
0: Yeah, no matter. That's the whole thing, right? Everything that they come out on social media about, you know, sign the contract, right? They 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 don't mean it. I understand it's a business, and they need mm-hmm. to take care of themselves, obviously, right? They are the product, and they don't want to undersell themselves. No. But some of these numbers that they're getting are just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. Um, Ryan Garcia, there's confrontation at the at a club um, yeah. between him and Tank Davis. Uh, Tank Davis grabbed his chain. Huh. Um, you know, Ryan Garcia is, is saying, you know, hurry up and uh, sign the contract that uh, Gervonta Davis has a, the contract for them to fight, and he won't sign it. Um, yeah. it's just another fight that, uh, you know, we'd like to see, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen either.
0: Yeah. Where, where was it at by the way? Is that here in Southern California or was that in Vegas uh, somewhere?
1: I, I believe it was here in uh, Southern California. don't know for sure, but yeah. Um, surprised we didn't run into it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, that must've been on the other side of the club that we were
0: at. <laughs> yeah. You know, once again, right. I mean, whatever, right. Is there really a contract? Right. Uh-huh. I mean, what is this? You know, WWE. You know when they sign the contract in the middle of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they do that? They should, right? Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't believe any of that stuff. All of it is posturing. We don't know what the contract says, mm-hmm. right? So,
1: um, it, the Juan Francisco Estrada Roman uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez card. Yeah, it's going to be December third, and it'll be in Glendale, Arizona. Yeah. Um, the undercard. Um. Uh, fight will be julio cesar martinez versus uh, mcwilliams arroyo yeah so it should be a pretty good card out there in uh, arizona
0: yeah i mean oh yeah no i mean and the way they're setting that up is basically the winner winners of each fight is mm-hmm. going to fight each other right yeah Yeah, i mean that there's a division that we don't even need to cover when we're talking mm-hmm. about doing a flyby. like that's exactly how it's supposed to be yeah right no
1: yeah definitely um Yanabek uh, Akmunali, the guy that uh, you know sh- should be fighting Jaime Mugia, yeah, for the for the championship, is going to defend against uh, Denzel Bentley, yeah. And this will be at the Palms Casino in in Las Vegas. I didn't realize the Palms Casino was even still there. Yeah, it is. You it know, is, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on the undercard, it'll be uh, Senisa Estrada's first fight, uh, yeah, with for ESPN.
0: Yeah, that's a big one, by the way. You know, I don't know if we talked about that, but Senisa Estrada leaving—maybe mm-hmm. we did, but. If we didn't, that's that was a big, you know, you lose Canelo, now you lose Anissa Strada. Mm-hmm. And she was clear, by the way. She said, it's the money. Yeah. I'm just getting more money, more opportunity, more exposure, mm-hmm. right? You're fighting on a national television, so to speak, on ESPN. But, and,
1: yeah, it just seemed like a perfect... Uh Match as well. You yeah. Know, you've got, uh, she's from East L.A., you know, yeah. Golden Boy's from East L.A. Yeah. And it's just weird that uh, he, he couldn't uh, keep her there.
0: No, no. But, you know, they got Michaela Mayer, mm-hmm. ESPN does. Okay, but as far as the most feared middleweight on the planet, Rick, John Beck Alum Kunwali, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's fighting somebody that he's going to more than likely blast. Yeah. But how come the Charlos aren't talking about fighting him?
1: Yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah. when was the last time we saw the Charlos fight
0: well, Charlo's was cleaning out the uh, the hundred fifty four pound yeah. division. I'm talking about the hundred sixty pound okay. Charlo. Hundred fifty four pound guy is fine. Yeah. Right. He owns every every champ every, every title. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's fine. Our beef is with the hundred sixty pound Charlo.
1: We we haven't seen him.
0: Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen him, and who knows how long.
1: Uh, Eddie Hearn says that uh, John Ryder is yeah. going to fight. Uh, Edgar Belanga or uh, Zach Parker next. That'll be
0: good, man. Yeah. I want to see it against Edgar Belanga. Let's put that story to bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be it for Yeah, him. that would be it. More than likely, that yeah. that would be it. Wow.
1: And uh, th- that's it for the uh, boxing news.
0: That's a lot of stuff going on. I told you earlier, Rick, I, I mentioned the blurb about, um, yeah, Deontay Wilder was being interviewed mm. in, a, uh, in a podcast, um, and he just, it, it was, um, and he kept going on about, how, you know, he was done wrong in the second Fury fight and how Uh, now he's saying that he actually would welcome a fourth fight.
1: Well, of course, you know, who's he going to make that much money, you know, fighting? Yeah. Um, I do think there is a shot that 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 fight does happen. Yeah. If, you know, say Fury ends up beating Anthony Joshua, beating Usyk. Yeah. You know, who else is there to fight other yeah. than another Deontay Wilder fight? Yeah. But Wilder has to get some wins along the way.
0: I hope they don't, Rick, in the same yeah. way that I like the way the um, Marquez and Pacquiao mm-hmm. fights ended with Pacquiao basically knocked out cold. Mm-hmm. I like the way that ended.
1: But that was the fourth one.
0: I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but But in this case, okay, simply because of the sour grapes, right? Yeah. And just the lack of sportsmanship and class that Wilder has demonstrated, Rick, he doesn't deserve another yeah. opportunity with Fury. He just doesn't deserve it, yeah. Right? No, like I we, get that. we've seen enough. Yeah. And the, the the worst thing that would happen, he fights him, he beats him, and then all of a sudden, right? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I I think if he had more sportsmanship, but I don't th- I don't think that that fight uh-huh. happens. I don't. All right, Rick. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to take. Just kind of a flyby at some of the divisions and what some of the big fights are. Okay. Um, some folks have requested us to talk about it. So let's cover that. And then, of course, we got the stat of the week. As if it goes boxing, we'll be right back. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prada are back. So, Rick, one of the things that uh, we got an email on, and we gotten some messages on, mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, take us through some of the divisions. Tell us, you know, what are some of the big fights that we should be seeing, or that we would hope are coming up, right?" Yeah. So, um, so let's go through some of the divisions, right? We won't have time to go through them all, yeah. But I'll start off at the top. We talked about the heavyweight division yeah. already. Pretty easy. We want Usek Fury. Mm-hmm. And then um and then on the undercard, we'll take Ruiz and Wilder.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think those are the uh two of the best fights. You know, I I'd even like to see a Wilder Joshua. Yeah. You know, but it looks like Joshua wants to take two or three fights to yeah. you know, over some, you know, ham and eggers.
0: Yeah. And then yeah. fight somebody. I think if I had to see like a third billing um yeah. of what I just said, you know, Fury Usek. Yeah. Ruiz Wilder. Third one, Joe Joyce and Anthony yeah. Joshua. Yeah. Give Joe Joyce a shot, man. Mm-hmm. 37 years old, right? He just beats Joseph Parker. Give him an opportunity. Yeah. I, you know, so that that that's the heavyweight. Let's go down to the light heavyweight. There's really only one fight, Rick, although we are going to get mm-hmm. a good one. We're going to get Bivol and Gilberto Ramirez. Yeah. But it's Peter Bev and, and Bivol.
1: Yeah. That's, a, that's what everyone wants to see, you know, and that's, you know, that's the fight.
0: That's the fight. Now don't get me wrong, I don't mind. I think it's good for boxing. That we're getting Bivol and Ramirez. That's mm-hmm. coming up this month, right?
1: Yeah. I think Bivol is hurt too, so yeah. there's some time to uh to waste.
0: Yeah, but neither one of those guys spring chickens. Although Bivol, yeah. so, you know, so that that that's an easy one, mm-hmm. right? Super middleweight, 168. Yeah. We've been talking about this one for the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. That's the division where, you know, Canelo Alvarez is undisputed champion, every sanctioning body. Yeah. Um, hate to tell you, Canelo, but the only 160 pounds fight right now is Canelo and Benavides.
1: Yeah. No, that, that, that's the only guy that uh, gives him any kind of uh, issues. You know, I, th- I think the size, the skill level, yeah. you know, gives Canelo issues.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only other fighter, I mean, if you want to believe it, is Demetrius Andrade. Yeah. Right, And if Andre looks impressive, he's he's got a fight coming up here soon, right? So if he wins, yeah. right, I'm just saying that's the only outside shot, yeah. right? Because all the other guys, Ryder, Caleb Plant, Anthony Durell, he's either beaten these guys or, or they're just, you know, are or, who they are.
1: Or we know what that fight's going to look right. like.
0: Right, Daniel Jacobs, yeah. Jesse Hart, right? That's the fight mm-hmm. at 168. Yeah. Dude, we're certainly not going to see it this year. Canelo's resting, right? He's got his hands yeah. injured. Do we see it in 2023? Hard to say. Middleweight Rick, 160 pound, right? This is like, you know, you got Charlo who's got the WBC. You still got triple G. Yeah. Yes, he lost to Canelo, but that was 168. I don't count Arizolandi Lara as a champion, no. eh, Rick. Um, and then of course the feared John Alabeck Alum who I'm probably butchering. So I'm just gonna call him John Abek. Yeah. For me, Rick. Jonabek and Charlo at 160. Yeah,
1: I think that's the fight. And then uh, you know, if you got a co main, yeah, you know, Triple G and
0: um and Munguia. And Munguia. I totally agree. That would that that would, that, would, be, that the would be the underguard. Those would be the two fights. Yeah. Yep. Charlo, Jonabek, Mungia, and Triple G. And I'll tell you what, I'm not sure if Mungia beats Triple G. I think maybe, you know, uh yeah. Triple G is durable enough to give Mungia run for his money.
1: And maybe able to catch him with something.
0: That's, that's yeah. what I mean. He never been knocked out. No. Forget about never been knocked out. Never been knocked down, mm-hmm. Rick. So who who you know that? And by the way, we probably never see um, the the Mugia Triple G fight is more likely than yeah Jana Beck and Charlo. Yeah, they're they're not gonna mess around with that. 154 pound, Rick. So that's you know my guy, Jermall Charlo, who holds every single belt. To me, that's another simple one, Rick. You got Sebastian Fondura who holds a version of Uh the WBC. I think Fondura takes care of business this weekend. Fondura and Charlo, Rick.
1: Yeah, I think that's the fight to make. I don't know if if, uh, at this stage Fondura can beat Charlo, but it makes for the most interesting matchup.
0: Well, but yeah, but the next fight for Charlo is he's going to fight Tim Zhu. Tim Zhu, yeah. Right? So assuming both fighters get past that, Mm -hmm. then they've got to be heading on a collision course. Both PBC... Right? Yeah, fight they can be made. So there's no reason, yeah. right? Will Al Heyman allow it, though? That's that's kind of the whole mm-hmm. thing, right? I mean, he, he kind of holds the cards, you know? 147-pound rig. Do, do we need to say any more? But let's no. go through main event and undercard, okay? Yeah. So, But the thing is, the main event here, I'd almost have some of the same guys. Main event, that's simple. Spence yeah. Jr., Terrence Crawford, mm-hmm. okay? Um, undercard, I mean... Boots, Enos and Virgil Ortiz?
1: Yeah. You know, that that'd be a good fight. You know, Connor Ben, Keith Thurman. Yeah. You know, throw yeah. throw that in there. There's another one. Excellent um, one, Rick. You know, I think if you get any fights with yeah. these six guys, yeah, fighting either one of them, you know, I, I don't need to see Ugas fighting anybody. I don't no. need to see you know, I think those six guys, if we get, you know, them in the ring with with each other, yeah, you know, then it's win win.
0: Totally agree. And that's what I'm saying. If you don't get Spence and Crawford, right, Mm -hmm. then the main billing has to be one of those two guys, one of those young guns, either Boots, Enos, or Virgil Ortiz Mm -hmm. against one of those guys, against Spence, almost like our welterweight tournament that we had, Rick. Mm -hmm. Right, That would have to be it. But we're not talking that. We're talking aspirationally. Who do we want as the top couple fights? Got to be Spence Jr. and Crawford, Mm -hmm. of course. And then I'll take, yeah, like you said, I'll take Virgil Ortiz, Uh, Boots Enos, Thurman, Connor, ben any combination of those. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm good with that. 140 pound, Rick. This one's interesting because remember, Josh Taylor gave up the WBC and the IBF. Yeah. We're going to get a new champion because you're going to have Jose Cepeda fighting Rigoro, okay? Who cares? What's the fight we want to see at 140, Rick?
1: Yeah, Teofimo, Josh Taylor. Yeah. I think that's the fight.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. That that is the fight, right? Yes. You know, Teofimo made his first fight at 140. With all due respect to Arnold, you know, Barbosa Jr., who's a very solid fighter, right? Um, yeah. Taylor and um, Teofimo Lopez would be the most intriguing yeah. fight there, without a doubt. Yeah. Right. Now, if you had to go second billing, okay, Th- then then uh, you know maybe a, a, a Regis uh, uh, Regis Progro right? Prograus, yeah. maybe him. Right, yeah. Fighting Tefimo Lopez or fighting Josh Taylor, or uh, or a Barbosa. Yeah. Hundred and thirty five pound, Rick. Mm-hmm. You got Devin Haney pretty much now holding every belt, and then you got Javante Davis with one of the bogus WBA championships. Who do you got? Who's the big fight there?
1: Uh, it's, well, it's got to be Haney because he's going to uh, retain his titles, and yeah. um, I think the fight we're going to get. Yeah. Um, is is Haney Haney Lomachenko?
0: Yeah. But that's not the fight we want.
1: No, I th- I think it um uh, it's probably Haney and Shakur. Yeah, you know with Shakur moving up to one thirty five now.
0: Yeah, but the fight we want, like, would that be you as a fight fan? Oh Is well, that the, no! What, which yeah. fight do you want to see?
1: Well, well, Ryan Garcia moved up to one forty. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, at one forty. Yeah, he, so. that
0: that's and by the way, that's why we didn't name him at one forty because mm-hmm. we haven't. Well, we saw him one time at one forty. See, I'm still going to include Ryan Garcia at 135. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say from a fight fan's perspective, right, I want to see that Davis, okay, call it whatever, catch weight. I want to see Davis and and, uh, Ryan Garcia. Yeah, I want to see Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia. Call it the co-main event. I'll take Devin Haney and Shakur Stevenson. Yeah. Those are the four best Mm -hmm. fighters. I don't need to see Davis fight Pitbull Cruz again. No Lomachenko? No, I don't need to see Lomachenko. No. And is dancing around and step mo- into the side, step into the side, and putting his hand on the guy's waist and all that <laughs> stuff. I don't need to see that. I don't. The don't. hip,
1: the hip wiggle. You know, right? You know.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. All that garbage. I just, I just don't. Haney Stevenson Davis <laughs> Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Let's settle the Let's settle the the, the lightweight divisions. One hundred and thirty. Now that Shakur Stevenson has abandoned it, yep. is all of a sudden wide open.
1: Yeah, now it, now you look at uh, the names on there, and Oscar Valdez may be the best fighter. Yeah, still at uh, one thirty.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he got beat by Styles. Make fights. He his style mm-hmm. just just didn't couldn't keep up with your Kurt Stevenson. So you got Oscar Valdez, you got Hector Luis Garcia, you got Joey Cordina sitting there. So I'll take a Valdez against any one of those two guys. Yeah. Okay, one hundred twenty six pounds. We talked about it. You covered it early on, Rick. We're actually getting one of the fights, yeah. right? We're getting Leo Santa Cruz against Lee Wood.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's the fight to make. Yeah, um, you know Navarrete's there. Yeah, you know maybe a Navarrete Ray Vargas fight.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. And By the way, um, I think Navarrete can also move up, and that would be an intriguing mm-hmm. fight against Oscar Valdez. Yeah, remember they were trying to they were trying to set that up. Mm-hmm. And right?
1: it's you know it's a fight that can be made both with top rank.
0: Yeah. But I think that. But otherwise, yeah, I think at the 126 pound division, I think you got yeah Navarrete and and Vargas. I still feel bad. I've said because you got. um, I'll take Navarrete and Josh Warrington though, Rick.
1: Yeah, no, that yeah, that'd be a good fight as well.
0: I still feel bad for Mauricio Lara, who absolutely blasted Josh Warrington coming out of COVID. They fight a rematch, headbutt right. The fight ends. You know, no, no decision. I think Lara was on his way to beating him again. Okay, and yet there's Mauricio Lara sitting at number twelve on the WBA. Mm -hmm. I can't find him ranked in any other sanctioning (laughs) body. right? it's amazing. How's that possible?
1: Really avoided fighter, and uh, you know, it it might be tough for him to get a fight.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say simply from a fan's perspective, Mm -hmm. he deserves a shot. So I would like to see, yeah, yeah, Maurice Lara, you know, the rematch against Josh Warrington. Or get him in there against uh, Ray Vargas. Yeah. Okay, 122 pounds, Rick. Only one fight there. Only one fight. Okay, Stephen Fulton against Marjan Akmediela. Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, you know the two guys that uh, beat uh, Daniel Rahman. Yeah. And so you know these are the two guys that that have to fight one another.
0: That's it. That's it, and man. Moonify. Yeah, and then and we'll end at 118, Rick, yeah. because 118. Okay, you got a way, of course, the monster. No, I don't need to see him fight Paul Butler. Don't need to see him fight Maloney. No, none of those guys are going yeah. to be able to compete. He already beat Donaire. We already got the best fight yeah. at 118. They gave us the fight of the year a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. He blasted the Filipino Flash in the rematch. I think it's time for Donito Donaire to move up, okay, and maybe fight the winner of the Fulton, Akamadiello.
1: Yeah. No, that would be a great fight.
0: I'll tell you what was great, Rick, was us covering boxing there in mm-hmm. about five minutes. People can listen to that segment, and you've got, you're have got you all caught up. So for those of you that have requested it, hit us up on Instagram and email. There you go. Yep. There's the fights that Rick and I would like to see. We gave him a main event and a co-main mm-hmm. event, Rick. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, last break, and then we're going to come up, of course, with the stat of the week. You always get something. I always get something out of this yeah. segment, Rick. Pacific goes boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific goes boxing. Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado. We're back. I'm telling you, man. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Eubanks, Mm -hmm. Connor, Ben. I just have this funny feeling, Rick, Mm -hmm. that Eubanks, you know, Junior is going to come in and it's going to be. He's going to look drained. He's not going to look sharp. He's going to fade in the later rounds, Mm -hmm. is what I think. And it's going to all be, you know, attributed and associated to, you know, having to get down to cut weight to 157, right? But like he said. Better that he's at sixty percent; otherwise, it would be a public execution.
1: Yeah, and, and that's good for nobody.
0: Right? If he, yeah, <laughs> that's not for anybody. Right? They're yeah. gonna talk about you know moving boxing from fifteen to twelve. They're gonna move it down though. We're we're yeah. gonna get four rounders. Yeah, and that's it. You know. So, all right, Rick. What's our stat of the week?
1: So the stat of the week uh, is how many Mexican-born uh, title holders do we currently have?
0: Yeah, and so I have a feeling that it's not going to be a high number. Yeah. Right. There's not going to be a high number. Of course, the ones that, you know, that jump out, of course, uh, I mean, you got Canelo. Canelo. At middleweight. Mm-hmm. You got, I mean, you got to go all the way down, right, to the mm-hmm. Fra- Francisco Estrada, right, at at the second one. I had mentioned Hector Luis García. I don't know if he's if he's Mexican, right? Um, I think Leo, I Sa- believe so, yeah. Leo Santa Cruz. Uh-huh. Is still a champion. I believe he was born in Mexico. Yeah. You got Emmanuel Navarrete. Yeah. Right. So what am I at? I'm at like four. Dude, like four Ray yeah. Vargas, if he was born. Five, yeah. That's five. And then I'm gonna run out of names unless you got um, I mean, is or are, are are you are you counting the 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 bogus interim championships? No. No. So Jesse Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. See, no, those ones, yeah. Joshua Franco is is uh is a uh, U.S. born. Yeah, that's the Robert Garcia so the, guy.
1: So there's there's only two more, and they these are you know.
0: It's not Fernando Martinez. No. Yeah, then then they're they're way below. I'm it, not gonna know them off the it, top.
1: It's a Julio Cesar Martinez. Oh the, yeah yeah. Flyweight. Yes. And then Daniel Valedares. Yeah. At minimum
0: weight. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's not that many. So no. less than ten.
1: Yeah. So like uh, you know when. You, I felt like usually there's more than that,
0: yeah. It feels like there's more than that, yeah, right. But do they lead, right? Or is there more, uh, you know, what does that say about the other mm-hmm. nationalities, though? Right? Um,
1: yeah, it just means, yeah, that uh, you know, there's probably a lot of Americans at the young at the lighter weights, you know, a lot of the um, you know, Japanese, yeah, are, are, are down there, in, in yeah
0: course, you got the Europeans mm-hmm. dominating the heavy divi- the yeah. heavyweights, right? And light heavyweight if you look, it's Fury, Usek right? Mm-hmm. Light heavyweight, you know, uh, Australian Jai Opatia, you know. So you got Beterbiev, yeah, Bivol, right? So the heavy divisions are all Europeans, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. So how many total were there? We said seven, seven total, seven current Mexican born, not Mexican yeah. descent. No. But they have to be born in the mother country, Rick. Yeah. Mexico lindo y querido, Rick. Yeah. All right, man. That'll do it for round number 12. Good stuff, Rick. Can't wait to see what happens this weekend. We'll talk boxing next week. I'll see you next week. See next week.